Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, today, and we are streaming from wonderful downtown uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, one of my favorite places, as you guys probably know. Today, you don't want to miss out on this episode because... I get to tell my story, and I'm super excited about it. My good friend Lee Pence will be interviewing me, and I just get to tell my story. So here we are, Lee. Uh, go ahead and ask the questions. I get to be sure. interviewing me. I love it. Yes, good morning. Uh, thanks to all the listeners for the opportunity to connect this morning. Uh, we really appreciate it. You know, uh, Sean, people who actually know you on social media know that you're a compound pharmacist. But they also know you're much more. You're a father, husband, dedicated husband. Uh, you're a, a brother, a YouTube host, podcast host, semi-pro bike racer. Mm, uh, you've had, <laughs> <laughs> you've had the, and we'll talk about that later. You've had the vision to develop and build a multimillion-dollar company. You're an interstate entrepreneur. And I think it's fair to say that you uh, strike the profile of the uh, 21st century Renaissance man. Wow. Well, I mean, thank you for that introduction. I think that's uh, exaggerated just a little bit, but, um, you know, I really appreciate it. And in all humility, I, I you know, all those things that I've done, I, I really want to first say that, you know, speaking of the husband part, I could not do it without my wife. You know, Janet, I've been together since 1993 and Janet is the reason she's in the name of this podcast. She can't always do it with me, but boy, she has been alongside of me for the last um, 27 years. And, you know, um, I couldn't have done any of this without her. So thank you for that introduction, Lee. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Very deserving. Uh, your mission at Moses Lake a Professional Pharmacy is to make a difference in people's lives through compounding and wellness. Uh, what made you decide to become a pharmacist? Well, I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, um, back in high school, uh, I had an advanced chemistry teacher. And um, of course, you know, um, my brother was in the class with me and, and we were competing as we always did um, in that class. We were, I, I was number one. He was the number two student. And um, uh, um, my teacher, Mr. Russell, he's asked if I ever thought about pharmacy and, you know, cause I was good in chemistry and I said, no, I haven't really. And um, one of the nice things about it is unlike being a chemist or a chemical engineer or something, you know, that where you have to work for, you know, a big company um, pharmacy was, I would be able to you know, use my chemistry background or, you know, my chemistry skills and, but also live in a small, in a small town and also be able to own my own business. So I liked the thought of that a lot. So, you know, it was, it was sophomore, junior year in high school that I decided that I wanted to be a pharmacist. Yeah, I know you're a dedicated community member and you contribute a lot. Uh, and you are a compound pharmacist. And I'm a little uncertain as to what the distinction would be, and perhaps our viewers are too, as to what is a pharmacist, somebody I think that is working hard at Walgreens, that sort of thing, and a compound pharmacist. What's the distinction? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And I'll just start with the simplest definition. Compound basically means two or more items, 
right? And um, so as a, as a compound pharmacist, we actually mix our own medications. So we take two or more ingredients and we mix it into a finalized dosage form. That's the simplest definition. What we really do is we um, solve problems that drug companies cannot solve. So we mix up customized medication for each individual patient um, upon a prescription from a provider. And, you know, rather than just pulling a drug off the shelf, like um, pharmacists do at Walgreens, um, you know, we actually make up a customized medication for that individual. We specialize a lot in hormonal placement. We have thousands and thousands of place, patients that we've helped um, with their health, um, with uh, hormonal placement, men and women, um, all over the Pacific Northwest. And um, one of the reasons we decided to do it, because Jan and I were disenfranchised when we were working for other pharmacies, just basically counting pills. And that's what a lot of pharmacists do at um, some of the bigger pharmacies. They really just count pills and collect insurance co-pays and it was either we decided we were either going to change careers which a lot of pharmacists do because they don't like what they're doing or yeah. we were going to or we were going to make a practice where we could actually make a difference in people's lives and that's exactly what we've been doing for 22 years and it is so rewarding yeah this feeds in well to the history of moses lake professional pharmacy i was going to ask you what the history really was and you've given us a snapshot a smattering of that can you uh, provide us with a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Um, first of 1998, you know, Jan and I had been working for other, I graduated in 1994 and Jan and I had been working for different places, you know, and, and not very happy with the way our career was just stagnated. It's a lot of farms just get stagnated. It's like, you know, you can only go so far usually because you just don't have a lot of ability for vertical growth when you, when you go, when you become a pharmacist. So um, we had the opportunity to, you know, we started talking about there was a new medical building being built and they wanted a pharmacy um, inside of it. And we just, just, I'm like, Hey, what do you think, Janet? Um, we could own our own pharmacy. And um, you know, it, it kind of didn't, it transpired where we were not able to go inside that medical building, which was just a blessing in disguise because we were able to actually buy land up close to it, not build a building yet, but um, buy land in case a few years later um, we needed to expand, but we um, rented space. There's a building being built right across the street and we rented space in our pharmacy or, or and made a pharmacy in space right across the street from the building and it worked out perfectly for a couple of years and then we outgrew it and of course we bought land there so we were able to build our own building but that was in 1998 october of 1998 is when janet and i first opened the doors of moses like professional pharmacy and we were a full service pharmacy then so we dispensed you know all kinds of prescriptions and we did durable medical equipment and you know um, vitamin and nu nutrient supplements like we do now and we did a little bit of compounding um, yeah. but you know it was really in the last you know eight or nine ten years where we focused on compounding we realized that's what separates us that's what we have a passion for that's what is making the biggest difference in patients lives so we really started focusing on compounding about eight or nine years ago right so instead of simply just filling an order you decided to take a proactive approach toward wellness which is a lifestyle a lifestyle and actually treating the patient to see them improve rather than just continuing to feel the tank month after month. That's right. I mean, you know, one of the things is, is that we, 
you know, as as pharmacists, Jan and I realized that we need to do something different because what's going on in the typical healthcare system? You know, somebody has high blood pressure, give them a high blood pressure medication. Somebody has high cholesterol, give them a high cholesterol medication. Instead of talking to them about diet, exercise, sleep, um, and hormones, because hormones are a very important picture of, of the overall health, overall health long term. So we decided to be proactive about it. Um, we didn't want to be enablers of bad health. And we wanted to basically our goal was to educate and empower consumers um, to, you know, take charge of their own health. And that is, you know, one of the reasons that um, we started a podcast too, to be honest with you. So, and I think that might uh, have some foundation in your book. I do want to talk about your book uh, too. Uh, that is sickened how the government ruined healthcare and how to fix it, you know, which you're the author of. And we'll discuss that in some, uh, uh, detail a little bit later, but I know in that book, uh, the first chapter is called uh, The Day That Changed Everything, and it sounds like you had kind of an aha moment, if you will, at some point in your practice when you decided to start really treating the patient uh, compared to just, again, filling an order, going forward, and with the hope, of course, always that the patient will improve, but you took a very proactive, almost, if you will, a, not a personal, but a custom touch to their care. It was not one size fits all. And so that that in and of itself is inspiring. And it does sound like at some point you did have that aha moment. Yeah. And there was a few of them. I, I mean, I, the story in, the story that really hits home is, you know, a story that Janet shares actually in the book. She writes, she writes the forward in the book. And, um, you know, she, when a patient, you know, came in to her that was morbidly obese and this was at our pharmacy and this patient was morbidly obese and she's on 20 different medications and she is, she's dying. She's basically dying. She's in her fifties and she's dying. And, and she basically told Janet that, you know, I ate myself to death. I literally ate myself to death. So here we are as pharmacists, you know, we're, we're helping her out. We're giving her medications for her diabetes, for her high cholesterol, for her high high, high blood pressure, sure. um, all these things that are lifestyle issues that she really just needed to lose weight. And honestly, we were just enablers of bad health. And and I think in our typical sick care system, the way our typical medical system works, I mean, somebody has high blood pressure, they're 50 pounds overweight. Well, you're going to keep giving them medication for the rest of their lives or are you going to tell them to lose weight? Because... I'm not a big believer. I know there are studies out there, but drug companies can make studies look however they want that, oh, well, you know, high blood pressure medication will, you know, will, will help extend their life. Well, I just don't know if I'm buying it, you know, and even if it does, what about quality? You've got side effects of medications and you've got a lot of other morbidities that go along with, with um, lifestyle issues. So why not educate and empower the patient that they can take charge of their own health? And that's when we really started, you know, going the direction of personalized care with compounding. You're right. Uh, you know, your book was the number one release in Amazon's pharmacy section when it was released in paperback. And congratulations, by the way, on that. Thank you so much. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Uh, how does your book actually differ from other books that address the same issues concerning personal health and wellness. I'll tell you, well, I, like book and I, I like it. Go ahead. I learned a lot from it. When you say that Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy takes, in addition to uh, treating a cause compared to just a symptom, it also attempts or does uh, 
educate. And I found this book educational with regard to uh, personal health and wellness. So how, how, generally, how does it seem to differ to you? Yeah, well, for one thing, um, you know, I, I'm a pharmacist that wrote it and I've lived it. So, um, you know, I've lived in the trenches of, you know, you, when you look at the book, it's about healthcare. I've lived in the trenches of healthcare. I've been an, I've been in the spectrum of healthcare. I've been a provider as a pharmacist. I've been a patient. I've been an overweight patient. You know, 10 years ago, I was 60 pounds heavier. So I was living those things, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all that stuff. I was going down that road and I decided to, to make some changes and be proactive about it. But I, I've lived a lot of other things too. I've been a commissioner on the on on a, um, a public hospital, and dealt with issues in healthcare there, along with you know employee health or employee health insurance. I've been a fire commissioner for for our local county to fire department, and I've dealt with um, you know health related issues, health insurance issues, you know negotiating um, that with employees. So, and and I realized it's all it's all the same thing. There's you know. Um, you know, is that, you know, people, the individual person is not usually in charge of their own health care. And that was the goal of this book, to educate and empower each individual that they can be proactive about their own health. And healthcare doesn't have to be expensive. It's expensive when you um, follow the traditional model. But if you are proactive about your health, healthcare is very, very affordable because chapter six, quote, the best health insurance we have is not some policy we that we can buy. It's how we take care of ourselves. That's the quote that starts out chapter six, and that's actually a quote from me. Right. It sounds like you found a common thread in a lot of the things that you do that led you to actually write this book and to be able to express in the book what it was you learned in terms that is easily understood. Uh, I'm going to ask you what inspired you to write this book, but you've done, I think, a pretty good job of telling us I think you actually care about people's health and well-being and you found a kind of key that will help them improve that with again again without just simply filling an order which you, yeah you, you that's exactly you right you write a book of all things you know so well, and when you look at the, here's how I look at it with the whole theme of, of the book or the, or, or Mosley professional pharmacy, the whole theme is we take care of individual people. And, um, when I think about that, I think about individual liberty and, you know, how liberating is it when you can be proactive about your health and you can be in good health, you can, you know, health is wealth without your health, you have nothing. So that's why it's so important to me that I educate and empower individuals that they can be empowered of their own health. They can in, be empowered to take care of their own health. I know that the book is six chapters long. Okay? Seven. Seven. Yes. I stand corrected. The book is seven, <laughs> but it's, it, I wouldn't call it an easy read, but I would call it a quick read because it re, it's, it's very well laid out. It's easy to understand and it does deliver a message. Um, how do those chapters actually work together? I mean, I know that you go in tiers and stages through that, and then finally you present a solution to that. Right. But you identify the problem that you're trying to answer. 
And, and the solution chapter is chapter six, and that's the one I just quoted from. Um, and it's a six-step solution um, because that's that's what we are. That's what this podcast is, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. I'm not just about complaining and talking about problems. I'm about solutions. And that's one of the things we do at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. We're problem solvers. We're problem solvers to an individual patient that has a problem. We don't just treat symptoms. We fix problems. Um, and that's what I wanted to do in the book, too, is it realize that, oh, yeah, we can complain. And everybody's written a book about how the government screwed up healthcare. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing a little bit saying everybody, but, you know, there's been lots of books about that, but there wasn't really a book that I saw that was, you know, what, you know, what is a fix, but really in order to get to the fix, you have to get to the history of it because people don't realize how we've gotten here in 2021. Well, how can, you know, 85% of all, all, um, all of medicine, all of healthcare be controlled by the government, by a government payment system. A lot of people don't realize that. You have to go into the history of it, you know, because um, it wasn't really until 1964 that Medicare started paying for healthcare. And that was the first, you know, government program, big government program, big, big government program that started paying for healthcare. So you got to go back to, you know, 1964, which wasn't that long ago, actually. But even before that, you have to go back to the 1940s when um, President Roosevelt put in an executive order to put a price freeze on wages. Um, I think that's a very important one. You know, in, in the war, there was a lot of wage inflation because the economy was busy. So employers were having to start paying people more and more money. And of course, the government thought they were going to help people out and they're going to put a freeze on wages. So inflation didn't go crazy. Well, next thing you know, you know, Ford and General Motors, they were obviously both very busy building tanks and planes and, sure. and right. And well, how do I hire an employee when I can't, how do I hire an employee from General Motors? If I'm the, you know, the CEO of Ford, how can I get those employees to come over to me when I can't pay them anymore? So that's when, you know, hospital insurance started out and it was, um, you know that that's where the that's where healthcare insurance really has transitioned from hospital insurance to basically everything is covered. You know, um, you know, sixty, seventy years later. So that's why I had to go into history of it because people don't realize how we got there. They just they just think, oh, I have this magic insurance card and that's what covers my healthcare. And but why does it cost so much? And why does it have prioritization? And why does it take so long? Why is the service so bad? Why is the quality low? Price high? They don't know those things. They just you really have to go into the history of it um, in the book. And that's what I, that's what I dive into. And it is, there's a lot of information in 120 or so pages. Um, and that's why I, um, it is a quick read, but it can be difficult for some people um, to follow along. But that's one of the reasons I, I put graphs in there and um, I, I um, really make it as simple wording as I can, because um, I want people to be able to understand it. And I think it's fairly easy to follow with, with the format I put in there. And um, But it is a paradigm shift because a lot of people just don't understand. It's like, well, wait a minute. I just don't understand. They're so used to being to hearing what the media has to say about healthcare mm -hmm. and what the government has to say about healthcare. So what do you mean the government can't fix it? Well, you, the government can't fix it because the government's the one that ruined it. So that's why, you know, the only way for the government to fix it is the government needs to get out. Yeah. You know, it. I think it's fair to say that the book is an easy read or a quick read. 
but it's not an easy read. Yeah, you did say that. Yep. Yeah, it, it puts it out in terms that are easily understood, and it also builds a history. You know, no question can be answered until it's been asked. And I think that that book actually does a good job of asking the question before it does get to chapter six with the solution, so that you better understand what are we answering here. There's a lot of answers, few questions, and this one identifies the question very well. Um, I need to ask you, uh, it, it might be assumed, but where can one get this book? Oh, well, so, um, you know, Amazon, so in, in, I released it in 2000 and I'm getting my dates mixed up. Let's see, 2019. So December 26, 2019 is when I released the Kindle version on Amazon. Of course, Kindle is proprietary to Amazon mm -hmm. and I wanted to release the Kindle version first, um, I did that on Amazon December 26, 2019, and it was a number one sale seller on Amazon. Sold 1,300 and some copies in one day on the day of its release on a Saturday. And, um, you know, I was super excited about that. And then, you know, my sure. goal was by the end of 2020 to have a paperback version. And that's where we're at now. You can find that on Amazon, but also you can find the paperback version on other places that sell books, Barnes and Noble and, um, you know, other places that sell books. So um, I know for, for a fact, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, it's um, been pretty popular on those sites for now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's a worthwhile investment. You know, so now... <laughs> You have and just let me mention too that you know I am going to you know the pay with having a paperback version now has has really let me be able to expand out and um you know I am going to be doing a, a book signing tour somewhere sometime and so stay tuned for that because you can get a signed copy a personal signed copy of my book yeah I think that's always an exciting event to actually meet the author or the source of the material particularly uh, you know when it's at educational and it can become personal and there's a certain amount of satisfaction in controlling your own destiny which is something that you're talking about particularly your destiny with health right i think that's actually a gift in a sense so so now you've got moses lake professional pharmacy which is a very successful business and uh offers uh, something that i wouldn't say unique in the marketplace but certainly it's helpful in the marketplace. It's something that allows somebody to take, if you will, their life in their own hands and say, look, I want my destiny to be a little bit different. I want to be a little bit healthier. And here's how I'm going to do it. You've got a podcast, you've got a book. And this is all it's, you can't draw a straight line to everything, but there's a common thread to this. And now you have the uh, your YouTube channel, I mean, here we are today, and I know that you have 111 episodes out there right now of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. I need to ask you first, and again, it might be assumed, but I need to make sure that the listener or the listeners today know, how can a listener find those episodes on YouTube? Yeah, that's a great question. So. We actually stream live. We're streaming this episode live on the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube. So, um, obviously, because you know the health solutions and the pharmacy is is very well connected, um, I wanted to just put the, I wanted to stream from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy's YouTube page. So that's one of the places you can find it. 
um, on YouTube, please, you know, subscribe to our channel. Um, you don't want to miss any episodes. We have over 400 videos, I think, now um, on our on our YouTube channel, and um, just growing all the time. Um, you know, I think videos are. I mean, videos are the future. I mean, videos are the future for many educational topics, uh, you know, including healthcare. So we're putting videos up all the time. Um, you can also find us because we are a podcast. You can find us on all the podcast forums. So iTunes, SoundCloud, um, uh, Google Play, you know, basically your favorite uh, iHeartRadio, basically your favorite podcast forums. We are we are on those also. We do have people that listen to us and respond to us on those. So um, also Facebook, you know, we're streaming live on Facebook right now. Um, you can find a lot of my content on there also. So yeah, and something that I'll mention that you do uh, with your YouTube channel and your YouTube broadcast, and, and quite frankly, a lot of folks do this but you do this very well. You will take uh, one minute, two minute segments out of your episodes. So if somebody doesn't have the time to sit down and watch perhaps a 30 minute episode, they can at least get a, a smattering a snippet of a highlight from that episode. And it's something that you can look at in a minute, two minutes, take with you as you go out the door to wherever you're going. It's great. It gives you something to think about and then you can refer back to the full episode later if you want. But there, yeah. Yeah, thank you for that comment. And that was a, you know, I think it was a great idea on on our part. And um, because, you know, if you're like a lot of people like I am, you know, you don't really have the the uh, patience to watch a full half hour. Now, I will say you watch a couple of those segments and sometimes it might tune you in to want to watch more of that the entire episode. So that's part of why we did it. We also did it because, um, you know, at the time, you know, Instagram didn't have their IGTV, so you could only have a maximum of a 59-second video on Instagram. So we wanted to have a presence on Instagram with Health Solutions. So we did the one-minute videos so we could put the, the videos on Instagram. And it's just worked out. It's, it worked out beautiful. Well, I can tell you I've looked at a lot of those episodes, and there are a few that jump out at me. You know, um, the episode that was uh, released, uh, it's actually episode number 109 that you recently released. December 28th, 2020, yep. discusses the COVID vaccine. And I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. First, I'd like to ask you about episode number 22, which was uh, back in February. Uh, that was another one that caught my eye. Um, and the question that you ask, of course, no question can be answered until it is asked. The question asked on that show was, can the carnivore diet prevent cancer? And your guest then was Dr. Sean Baker, an orthopedic surgeon, uh, weightlifting uh, world record holder, and carnivore diet advocate. Okay, I'll mention in that episode uh, that you expressed some surprise to find out that so many surgeries could be actually prevented through diet. Do you know, and I'll bet that you do, what some of those common surgeries that could actually be prevented uh, through diet are. Yeah. Well, so, you know, um, you know, he's an orthopedic surgeon and I, I was just floored for that conversation. And thank you for bringing up that episode. Cause that was a great episode. That was one of our first episodes where we had a national type guest, you know, cause he's world renowned for his carnivore diet and he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. And, you know, I reached out to him just to see if he would uh, be interested in, and he was, so I was super excited that he was going to come on the show. And, um, 
you know, an orthopedic surgeon, right? So he, you know, he fixes yeah. people's knees, he fixes people's hips, he, you know, whatever, um, broken bones pretty much and ligaments and joints. And, um, right. you know, I already knew because of, you know, my history of health and wellness that, you know, many diseases are caused by, by lifestyle issues, you know, like, um, you know, it's obvious for some of them. Okay. You know, diabetes, high cholesterol, heart attack and stroke. Those things are caused a lot of times by lifestyle issues. People being overweight, eating junk food and being sedentary. Um, you know, but I thought, you know, and, and, you know, I would say, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, but I mean, I'm going to guess 80 to 90% of, of, of medical procedures are probably caused by lifestyle issues is what I thought, you know, for diabetes and things like that. But the more I thought, but I thought, well, this is orthopedic surgery though. Um, you know, he's an orthopedic surgeon. I mean, you know, somebody has a bad hip or they have a bad knee or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, most of that, you know, maybe, maybe 50% of it can be caused by lifestyle issues. But then when he's, and when he said the number of 70 to 80% of orthopedic surgeries can be prevented by lifestyle by lifestyle changes i was absolutely surprised that one did surprise me for sure but it's also a reminder there again that's why we need to educate and empower individuals that hey you know what you might not need a knee replacement yeah your knee hurts you know why your knee hurts because you're a hundred pounds overweight that's why your knee hurts you don't need surgery you need to lose weight yeah you can have surgery and guess what that knee will fail again and you'll need surgery again you'll, your knee will be constantly bugging you if you are 100 and some pounds overweight you know it's so i was actually surprised at those numbers yeah well you know as i understand it dr baker started taking a uh, a lifestyle approach to treatment as compared to just simply diagnosing the medication and just going on that track, I mean, two tracks of treatment. And he discusses the pushback he received from the medical community after he decided uh, to, to manage his patients uh, with the lifestyle issue approach. You recall what that pushback was? Yeah, I recall it very much so. And I wanted to make sure that he talked about that on the air because, again, we need to educate and empower individuals that sometimes there are places that doctors are put into a position where they don't have the best patients. They don't have the, the, the patient's best interest in mind. And I'm not really personalizing that against doctors. It's just that they're in a position that if they don't do surgery, they don't have a job period. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and what he was finding is so he was in a big group of, he was at a big group of orthopedic surgeons and doing surgeries in a hospital and um, these patients would come to him they would need surgery and he would change their diet and this was back probably 10 years ago or so and he would put them on a keto diet um, you guys are probably familiar with the keto diet we had some episodes on it before um, mm -hmm. but it's a you know um, high fat low carb diet and um, Basically, it's a it's a low carb basically a low carb diet. So it it can be high protein too, but it's a very low carb diet. Put them on keto diet, and basically one one of the things is about keto diet is when you eat keto, you you stay away a lot from processed food. So okay. anyway, these people would lose some weight and they'd feel better because they're not eating processed foods, and all of a sudden their knee pain is gone. So all of a sudden he's not these people would come back and they don't need surgery. Well, guess what? 
his partners and the hospital didn't like that. So there were complaints filed against his license that, you know, just kind of little tiny stuff, you know, that he had to fight. Um, that happens all the time. And when we talk about episode 109, we can talk about that with Dr. Jensen too. Um, when somebody bucks the system and, you know, it ends up costing other people money, um, even though they're doing the right thing for the patient, it doesn't mm -hmm. go over well. So he had complaints against his license and he had to fight to, to keep his license, which he did. He still, you know, he kept his license. He's still orthopedic surgeon, but he went a complete another route and decided, you know, instead of cutting on people all the time, he wants to really change their lives. And that's when he switched from not only being keto, um, but he said, you know what, I'm going to try this carnivore diet. So he eats carnivore only and he has a website and a, a program to help people do that. Um, and he's seen patients' lives turned around because it's such a anti-inflammatory diet. Um, you know, yeah. I will tell you one of the things that he's changed, he's, I was skeptical at first when he, before he came on the show about being carnivore only. I'm still, I think as humans, we're still omnivores and I do believe in some fruits and vegetables, but mostly, you know, um, meat. I think that's as, as humans, I think that's probably what's best for us. Yeah. I, I do, in the time we have left, I do want to move to episode number 109, uh, which has uh, you know, been one of your very popular episodes. And the question asked in that episode, uh, your, first of all, your guest was Minnesota Senator Dr. Scott Jensen. Okay, uh, I want to identify him. And in that episode, uh, you asked the question, or the question addressed on that episode was, is the COVID-19 vaccine safe? Should I get the COVID vaccine? And uh, I, Dr. Scott Jensen, dove right in on that. But, uh, and there were some very memorable moment, moments, but can you talk about that? You were there with him. You were the guy who asked him the questions and you were the guy who got the information firsthand right there. Yeah, that was a great episode. Um, you know, it was actually the second time he was on our podcast. We had him on the podcast uh, back in August, I believe, um, talking about COVID because he's been, I mean, it's given him nationwide attention, um, his, his um, you know, opinions on COVID way back in February, February, March, when he was on Fox News and the Laura Ingram show, exposing how COVID deaths were being overreported by hospitals. And he's still on that right now. Just a few, I think last week or week before he was on Fox News again, that 40% of all COVID deaths are labeled, are mislabeled as COVID deaths. And really it was something else that killed them. So, um but on the vaccine, I, I, one thing that he was very clear on, I mean, he gave us a lot of good scientific information and he made some of his own recommend, recommendations. And I think one of the most important things that he said to me was that I asked him, should the COVID vaccine be mandated? And he, his, his immediate response was no. And so one thing he does with his patients and with anybody that listens or follows him is he kind of does what we do and educate individuals so they can make their own choice. And I think he did a very good job in that podcast, you know, giving education where you can make your own individual choice. Um, and I think that's the most important thing is that, you know, that patients are educated 
that they can make their own choice about the vaccine. And he even cleared up one of the things that I mentioned in the very end of the segment. Um, I said something about anti-vaxxers and, you know, he kind of corrected me and said, you know, um, rather than call them anti-vaxxers, you know, you should call them pro-information. And that's really what he did that podcast is he just got information out about the vaccine and he let individuals choose. He made recommendations, but uh, he he thinks it should be up to the individual to choose whether they should get the COVID-19 vaccine or not. Yeah. You know, um, one of the questions that you addressed, and again, this is in episode 109, is how did the COVID vaccine come out so fast? And he talks about that. Uh, What will it do for you? He talks about that. But what stuck in my mind is it's the question is not just who should get it, but who should not get it. Right. And he does a very good job of outlining uh, from a scientific perspective and an empirical perspective, meaning practically applied, who should receive it and who should not and why. But he doesn't reach a conclusion and, again, educates the listener so that they have a choice if they think they fit into this group, that group, or even another group that we haven't discussed. But it's about creating a playing field that's level through education and then personal choice. What I liked about that episode is he didn't judge or condemn either approach. He just provided the science behind it and the empirical uh, evidence behind it to say this is from his perspective and a scientific perspective. We'll have this result or that result, but he didn't reach a conclusion. He'll let the listener make up their own mind or even go farther and get more education on the subject. So that's, it was a very open approach, actually. And it was I like it, too. Yeah, I like it too. And I like what you commented about, you know, not judging, you know, whether somebody wanted to get the vaccine or didn't want to get the vaccine, he leaves it up to the individual. And unfortunately, I don't think we always have that. You know, I mean, if you decide that you don't want to get the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, I mean, there's haters out there that want to call you an anti-vaxxer. Well, just because I don't want that vaccine doesn't mean I don't believe in vaccines, but, you know, I'm pro-information or I'm, you know, I'm not even speaking for myself, but just speaking about individuals, you know, they're pro information. They, they, they want, they, they choose their vaccines wisely, you know, and, um, you know, I respect that. Yeah. You know, um, I could continue on about episode 109, but I would invite the viewers to, to please watch that episode because I think they'll find it again, not just educational, but it's thought provoking from the perspective of who should get it and who shouldn't get it. But yet it's been a great yeah, I think that who shouldn't get it was his most important, and you know, he kind of made that maybe clear too. Um, but yeah, it's you know that that video had over fourteen thousand views on uh, Facebook, and it's taken our YouTube by storm. It'll be our number one video probably within the next few weeks, um, a number one video of all time. You know, and considering it was only released a couple weeks ago, it's pretty amazing. So um, there's a lot of people watching it because there's a lot of important information to get out there, and we've got a lot of good comments from that. Um, video, you know, people from all over the nation saying, you know, you, you answered all my questions. I mean, that was a great interview and, you know, you answered all my questions and, and I really appreciate that. And that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, educate individuals. That's what I really want to do. 
Um, I'd like to get up close here uh, for a few minutes while we've still got the time, you know. So we've had an opportunity mm -hmm. to talk about your book, about your uh, business venture, Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, which, by the way, is not just regional. It's interstate now. And you've been very successful with that. We've talked about your podcast. We've talked about your YouTube channel, of course. We talked about some of the great episodes that you've been able to produce and conduct. Uh, I want to bring it a little bit more up close. I know that you're a semi-pro cyclist. And <laughs> how I know that is because you, you do attend events. Uh, you, there was a point in time I know that you were attending events weekly, and that would be not just around the corner. I mean, you were flying from state to state to make sure that you were participating in these events. Can you speak to that? I, it's, I don't know if a lot of people know that about you, but it, apart from just being involved as, as a business person and also in this field of education and broadcast, you, you practice what you preach. You're, well, you're very capable yeah. of competing in that arena. Well, I, I want to thank you. Thank you for that. And and semi pro goes a little bit far. Um, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I do race in a category where, you know, it's called the expert category. But uh, definitely, don't make any money making. Even if you're a pro cyclist, only if you're the top. 0.5% do you really make a, a very good living at it but I appreciate that and yeah I you know I am in the expert category which is a category right before pro and um, I I just you know it, it keeps me healthy I like competing I like winning and um, that's why I do it. And it, and I do think it's important as healthcare providers to stay healthy. And unfortunately, a lot of healthcare providers aren't. And I talk about that in my book. Um, you know, so, I mean, cycling is really, you know, I have a passion for, you know, health. And um, it's really, you know, it makes me, when I, when I go to those events, I want to do well. So if I want to do well, then I have to train, I have to eat right, I have to sleep. And, um you know, so it does motivate me. That's for sure, and it's it, I, and I enjoy doing it, and I and I spend a lot of hours and hours doing it uh, in the, during the week. I mean, you know, it's probably the second biggest activity behind work that I that I do that I focus on. So you know, it is a very important part of my life, and I don't look at it as just the racing. You know, I mean, the racing is a you know you know a few hours on on a weekend. You know, every few weekends um, during 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 season. It's the training that's during the week that's right. really the important part. So you ha and the and the part that's that that you do the most times. So you got to like it. So I really do enjoy it. Yeah, I know that you from time to time publish videos of uh, your pain cave in Moses Lake and show your workouts. And those are contemporary. Those aren't pre-recorded from six months ago or something. And you're going to show it right. now. That's something you do on it you know, on a pretty much daily basis, sometimes twice a day. Uh, a lot of people also don't know that at one point in your life, you were a drag boat racer. Oh, yeah. Seriously so. And you you lived through an event that not a lot of folks, I don't think, would want to have anything to do with. I think right around 2007, you had a pretty high-impact collision. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, on YouTube about that, if, if the listeners want to take a look at that, but you, yeah, that's remarkable. 
Well, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I, uh, God gave me another day that day for sure. Um, so I was in Red Bluff, California in 2007, and I'd been drag boat racing for about, well, I started in 97, but as any sport, you know, you kind of start out just, you know, um, just at the bottom and kind of just playing with it a little bit and see if you really like it. And then it just starts progressing. And in Red Bluff was, I was, you know, in the eight second quarter mile class in, in, uh, in Red Bluff and it was 2007. It was May of 2007, Memorial Day weekend. And, um, I just got a little over anxious and excited and the, the, the boat, that I was racing, he left too early, which means he red lit, which means I automatically was going to win. Um, but I didn't know that. So I got nervous and I, I wanted to make sure the boat was going to go as fast as it could. So I, I, it was total operator error. I got off the down pedal is too quick and the boat came up and went over and it bounced. I just remember it cause he got it all on, 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 um, on seal shots. I remember every one of those bounces, there were three bounces. The third one, I got flipped out and the boat rolled over, didn't roll over on top of me. My safety gear worked amazing. Didn't even break any bones. And I had a high top shoe on, um, racing shoe that's laced up tight. And my foot got stuck in the boat and it actually pulled that shoe off without breaking any bones. Unreal. I mean, I, yeah. it's you know, and the shoe was still in the boat after we recovered the boat from the bottom of the lake. The shoe was still wedged wow. in there, wow. but my foot wasn't. My foot got out without the boat rolling over on me. My foot didn't break. I mean, it just it could have been. I was probably going. It was at the first of the race, but I was probably going about a hundred by then, and um, water was super cold. It was, and it it seemed like it took forever for the rescue to get there, but they were there in seconds. And I I thought my life was going to end when I was flipping out of the boat. I'm like, yeah, this is it. I mean, my life literally flashed before my eyes. It's one of the only times I've ever had that happen. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. And um, but everything worked out okay. And I I actually I didn't walk away because they made me take an ambulance to the hospital, but I walked out of the hospital. Yeah, just just to make sure that our listeners know this we're not we're talking about a hundred miles an hour right correct this happens okay we're talking a hundred miles an hour in a boat open high impact okay flip that throws you completely out of the boat the boat's going to come down on top of you and has has so much force and compression that it sends you out of a high laced shoe that shouldn't be coming off, it nonetheless does. You suffer no injuries to your foot, no injuries to your body. But this is occurring at 100 miles an hour. This isn't some little afternoon canoe trip or the fishing no, no. or anything else. This is high competition. Yeah. And I know there's a video on YouTube, and I would encourage our listeners to look up that event. It occurred in 2007. Do you have any information about what would it be, Sean Needham? What, what, how can you look at that? Well, that I, that I know of, there's no video of it. There's only still yeah. shots. And okay. I've posted some of the still shots on social media. And in my latest um, adventure video, 
I think there's some steel shots of that wreck. There are actually, and you can see when I'm pulled out of the boat, you can see that I'm missing a shoe, but just to let you know, I, I wasn't completely uninjured. I did. My oh, knee got okay. twisted. My ankle was twisted and I did have um, bruised ribs and lungs, but you know, nothing serious, nothing super, super serious. I mean, I walked out of the hospital, so I was yeah, back yeah, at the yeah. racetrack in, within a couple hours. Right. Yeah. You were back at the track in a couple hours after right. that, which I, yeah, that that's incredible. Um, and then to follow that up, and and again, I'm I'm running short on time. You recently went skydiving. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you took your life in your own hands again. You know what you, yeah. you're not yeah. afraid to do. And and I guess I'd ask you, can you sum up that experience in a sentence or two? Uh, how did that? Um, yeah. So I will tell you. I I mean. It's, um, you know, I, I fly all the time with business almost weekly. I fly all the time and, you know, that's not that uncommon. You know, most all of us have flown in an airplane and I will tell you when a door opens on an airplane and anybody, whether it's you or the guy ahead of you is getting ready to jump out, it just, it's not right. And it goes over your head. It's like, this is not right. You know, so on yeah. my first time I ever did it with tandem and they opened the door and some other guys were going to jump out. I'm just like, this is just not right. And when <laughs> I did it by myself, I mean, if you look at the video, I do have that on my YouTube video or my YouTube page. Um, you know, I crawled out slowly cause it's just, you know, it, it's, it's not normal to jump out of a perfectly good plane. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me ask you a couple other questions here as, as we start to conclude. If you had nothing scheduled for an entire day, what would you do with your time? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, nothing. I would do absolutely nothing for a day. And, and, and why is that? Because I love what I do every day. I love my job. I love my career. I love bike riding. I mean, I live a perfect life. I, I My life is like a permanent vacation, and I am not kidding when I say that. Um, that's why, you know, Jan and I have said many times, we're never going to retire. We love what we do. We love inspiring people. We love educating and empowering individuals. Um, that is very rewarding to us. So honestly, if I had nothing scheduled for a day, nothing, I would do nothing. And that means I wouldn't train. I would just, I, I probably wouldn't shower. I would just eat and sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what is your dream collaboration? You can collaborate on your projects with anybody you want. What would it be? Or who would it be? Yeah. Well, so that's a great question. Um, I, I, you know, I'm really enjoying our, our podcast and, um, you know, health solutions is really growing. Our viewership is growing. And, you know, as that grows, our guests, our guest list grow. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've had some amazing guests on all of them have been amazing. All of our guests are amazing. Um, but I would one day, I would love to, you know, either interview Ben Shapiro or Ben Shapiro interview me. I would just love love that um ben shapiro is you know he is when you listen to that guy talk that guy has more facts memorized and is just an awesome debater i just so you know he's really kind of inspired me and i just i really uh like following him um and so i would i would love to actually meet with him someday and him actually interview me okay i have a couple concluding questions now 
what drives you? What's your passion? I mean, yeah. when I drill down, what's driving you? Because you, you yeah. do a lot of things. I mean, I'm talking about an author, YouTuber. I'm talking about somebody with, with a multi-million dollar business. Something's happening here. What drives you? Well, I, I will say this. I've had a lot of great people in my life that have inspired me for one. Um, you know, and some of those people are, you know, like for the book and even for this podcast and, and just, you know, and I, I didn't know him when I first started the pharmacy, but, um, you know, um, Dr. Keith Smith, I mean, he's a pioneer and a revol revolutionary in healthcare um, when it comes to, you know, getting the government out of healthcare. And um, I've met him, I've toured his facility, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. So he inspires me a lot when it comes to, you know, medicine and, and, and the medical and, and healthcare. Um, but I will say this too, that, you know, probably the most inspirational person in my life, and I'll get to the passion later, but the most inspirational person in my life has probably been somebody that's been in my life for 50 some years, over 50 years now. And that's my twin brother. And, um, you know, I mean, there's some kind of competition that goes on between twins. And Shane and I have talked to other twins before. Not all twins have it. But since we were very, very, very young, we, we competed in with each other. And I will say that's driven me a lot. So that has helped to drive me and inspire me. It's not the why, but it's kind of, I guess it is kind of the why, um, but it's not the end goal. Um, but I will tell you, you know, and, and, you know, when you, when you look at our lives, they're very similar, you know, he's, you know, he's picked some passions of his outside of his work. He runs, he founded and is a, the chief scientific officer of a, of a pharmaceutical lab, you know, very, a very uh, well-known pharmaceutical lab. They do business worldwide. So he's an entrepreneur like me and, you know, he picked a different sport than, than uh, mountain bike riding, but um, he picked bodybuilding and he's been competitive in that. And when he does compete, he does very well. So, um, and that's, you know, so we just keep competing on things like that. We, we did it. And I, I mentioned it earlier in the, in the show today that, you know, we competed in high school in our, in our advanced chemistry class. So, um, and I still really let him have it that I was the number one student in that class and he was number two. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, and, and, and i think i know where you're headed with the passion part in fact i'm, I'm sure i am it, it, you mentioned it in the beginning and i think you're headed here and that's janet in your life yeah i i definitely i mean janet has definitely helped you know she helps and she's along my side all on all the things that we have a vision for. And I might have some crazy idea to do a podcast or to write a book or to open her own pharmacy. And she's just going <laughs> along with it and 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 does a very good job of of helping of making it happen. You know, I got these crazy ideas and she makes them happen. But I think overall, and, and I think Janet, I, I don't want to speak for her, but I'm going to. I mean, what really is our passion is helping people. That's why we became pharmacists. And, you know, in the end, that's how, you know, I, I think our pharmacy helps people. My book helps people. This podcast helps people. And we want to inspire them. Um, you know, inspire them that they can be in charge of their own health. And that being that being said that, you know, just because you're getting older, that's one of the reasons I talk about the adventures in, in my podcast and I share those is, you know, I'm 50 years old now. I'm still jumping out of airplanes. I'm still barefoot water skiing. I, I should say 
I just started doing that. I never barefoot water skied until a few weeks ago, right yeah. before I turned 50 or, or right after I turned 50. And I jumped out of an airplane when I was 49. That's the first time. And I'm just getting started. Um, and I want people to realize that, you know, if they take good care of themselves, um, 50's not old, 60's not old, 70's not old. And we have patients in their 70s that are that are freaking amazing, um, you know, but they're taking care of themselves. And, yeah. and that's what's important. And I want to inspire others to do that. And that's why I share my adventures too, because um, I've said that I, I'm, this is not my original quote, but I'm just going to re re quote it is that, you know, the reason our performance decreases and you and I've talked about this before. The reason our performance decreases is because we stop performing, so I think that's one of the reasons I think that we should just always, always try to keep working hard yeah. because when we stop working hard, that's when our performance decreases. So whether it be, you know, whether you're, uh, uh, you know, a competitive bike rider or whether you're a pharmacist, I mean, if you don't keep doing those things over and over, you're not going to be right. good at it. Right. So, you know, uh, what I've heard during this past hour, uh, there are two themes that jump out at me. Inspiration, education. Inspiration, education. Again right. and again and again. So I would say thank you uh, for delivering that so well. How can someone get a hold of you if they want to contact you? I mean, there's got to be a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a, there is a lot of ways. I think the easiest way is um, my Facebook page, Sean Needham's um, um, Facebook page. I'm pretty easy to find there, and of course, of course, um, Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. But if you just Google Sean Needham, there's going to be all kinds of videos and stuff come up. Yeah. Google Sean Needham Moses Lake, and you will be able to get a hold of me. But my per personal Facebook page and message me um, is a is a great way. Um, the Moseley Professional Pharmacy uh, website, mlrx.com. But um, I get a lot of messages from my personal Facebook page from people I don't know from all over the country. And that's that's inspiring to me. In fact, even out of the country. I mean, I had one guy messaged me and he's from Italy. And I'm just like, that's really cool. We have listeners and viewers from Italy. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, uh, thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure working with you and talking with you. Well, thank you, Lee. I really appreciate it. I, I, I really, uh, I enjoy being on this side of the microphone. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of pressure off me. I just get to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So no, you, 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 you asked some really, uh, easy, uh, uh, you know, easy to answer questions. So I really, I really appreciate it. Uh, it made it easy to answer. It made it, it, uh, I didn't have to stumble for words. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah well, th that's because you know what you're talking about. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you for interviewing me today, Lee. And we'll go ahead and uh, conclude the show with that. And, and Lee, I, I, I really, really appreciate you. You're not, you know, you're not just interviewing me. You're a good friend of mine. You're a guitar player, you're a musician, and you are, um, you are the the musician that that wrote this song that we're going to end up with. So you know, it's called yeah, it's called Johnny's Got a Girlfriend, and uh, yeah, and and you made up that name, and I I love it. And it's like, well, why do you call it that name? And you're like, then you sing it to me. It's like, well, listen to it. And so I love this song. Every time we play it before and after the show, it it just it gets me going. It's like it's one of those things because I'm I, it, and I know I'm just um you know getting ready to do a show. So we're gonna end it on that and.
thank you everybody and if you want to get a hold of lee you know he uh he writes he, he writes he wrote this track just for us you're gonna to listen to it here in a few seconds but leepence.net please check lee out so thank you for listening to health solutions listening and watching health solutions with sean and janet needham i so appreciate it and we will see you monday at 1 to 2 p.m thank you so much 